Hello, and welcome to another edition of On the Inside Track. How do we know the best choices to make? And when we look back over our lives, how do we know the choices that have most influenced us from who we have been to where we are today? Join me as my guests and I explore defining moments from there to here on the inside track. I'm Debbie Hazelton. Hello, it's Debbie Hazelton with you for another edition of On the Inside Track. And this month, my guest is someone that many of you have known in the community over the years. This is Pam Drake. Pam is someone I have seen grow through lots of challenging situations. And that's one of the neat things about this show is really giving tribute to people who are among us, who have shown great courage and giving it to them while they are still here. So uh, if you feel that you have a story to share about your life and how you came to certain choices, feel free to get in touch with me and uh, we'll see about having you on the show. It is a monthly show now uh, and I just I'm real grateful for all who have shared and for uh, all of you who have listened. It is a podcast now, and you can always find the podcast feed as it is updated. It is acbradio.org slash inside dash track dot XML. Enjoy. And here is Pam Drake. Thanks for being here. Well, I'm really happy to have you. I was thinking about you this morning. I was thinking about how I came into a Tuesday Topics. I did not know who you were. I had no idea. I had not heard of you. But as soon as you started talking, I just felt like I, you know, automatically, you you just made everybody feel included. Aww, you just have a way. You. you just have you have a way of doing that. So um, anyway, I just. Uh, thought wow you know it's good to have you here no thank you i don't even know what you to do that i don't even know what year that was Ah, tuesday topics that was all i do remember that our air conditioner always made it sound uh off air people would say uh, you have water running it wasn't our water running it was our our room air conditioner oh i didn't even (laughs) notice you both always had a lot to say you were actually very loyal to acb radio for a long time both of you so to many shows we were we were mm-hmm. well, yeah. we remember when acb radio first began and mm-hmm. uh, uh all of our uh internet ex- radio experiences would uh think about the audio which was less than perfect but we were so glad to have it that we didn't mm-hmm. care and now of course it's uh, you know the quality is unbelievable yeah things have certainly improved a lot all across the board i think that you are one of the people that has taken just incredible risks every time i turn around you're tackling something else that i'm like pretty amazed (laughs) goodness well yeah i guess i figured out a long time ago that 
in order to, in fact, I was thinking about this just yesterday. I think about how some of my friends, blind and sighted, don't really go out of their comfort zone. And so they pretty much do the same thing every day and have the same uh, you know, they pretty much can 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 predict what they're going to do, when they're going to do it, and there's nothing wrong with that. And maybe mm-hmm. some people would wish that I were a little more that way. But I figure, you know, how much have they missed out on? Mm-hmm. Whenever I hear somebody say, "Well, this is the last place I'll ever live," I was like, "Why? Maybe it is, but maybe not. Maybe some other. Have you decided that this is the how you're going to spend the rest of your life? Something to me is kind of sad about that." I figure, you know, life is to live the life the way I want to live it. Mm-hmm. You have to take some risks. Well, that's and great. Yes, I have. I'm <laughs> very have much indeed. that way. People always say mm-hmm. I've moved more than, you know, most people. And, you know, I mean, to me, it, that's not a big deal. I mean, it's it, it has pros and cons along with each one, but... Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a lot like you. Now, I did not take physical risks. I did not enjoy playing outdoors. Probably now I had balance issues that we didn't know anything about. A lot of things I probably didn't do because I either was afraid to do them or didn't think I could do them. But there came a point sometime in my late teens when I said, someday I'm going to get out of here. What that appeared? The family strife okay, that was okay, starting had to, up until I was about 11, I thought, gee, I'm so lucky. I have such a happy life. I have such a happy childhood. Then about age 11 and a half, I said, I can't remember when we're not fighting. Was that Someday just your I, mom and dad or were there others in the equation? Mom and dad, my brother, my mother was always pushing both of us always yelling at dad to be, uh, you know, join this group or that organization. There was always, it was mostly precipitated by mother. And was your brother, is he older or younger? Younger. He took his life in 98. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. He had enough of what I ran away from, and this was the only way he could figure to get out of it. And when I realized that, I realized I'm going to have to start. I remember when I first crossed the street in O&M and orientation mobility, I had been blinded in an automobile accident when I was four months old. Mm. I was born on August 27th, and the accident happened on December 23rd. Oh my so gosh. I remember, I'm told I was just starting to focus the night before the accident. I was starting to pick out flowered patterns on a sofa. And then, of course... The optic nerve was severed. Interesting thing about that, my head was swollen to the size of, I'm told it looked like a baby's head with a grapefruit on top. After the accident. After the accident, I smashed the glove compartment and wound up under the seat, screaming my head off, I'm told. Sure. So you were not blind. Were you premature? No. No. It was all from this accident. It was all from the accident. I was, uh, of course, we, we now, we, we know about due dates now. I'm supposedly five days late. I was a hurricane baby. Uh, they went to the hospital with the uh, the downed trees and all the stuff going on. Uh, yeah. Who was driving they went in to the, the accident? Uh, my mother. She was. And a woman mm-hmm. ran a red, yeah, and a woman ran a red light. And, hmm. and the interesting thing about that was that my head was so concussed that the doctors told my folks 
folks that under no circumstances, I was thinking about that just this weekend, under no circumstances should I be picked up or held. Mm-hmm. I guess you could uh, lift my little 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 popo and change my diapers, but that was all. So my mother had taken me to Milwaukee, uh, where she grew up and where she had relatives who uh, had a couple a doctor, uncle doctor, and uh, they met. You know, uh, he had me examined by some doctor friends of his. And so one night, mother and uh, dad was working. He stayed home. Mother and my grandmother and grandfather went out to dinner. And all of a sudden, I started screaming my head off while I was lying face down. And my uncle and soon-to-be aunt were taking care of me. And, of course, they'd been given the instructions, being no holding. And Aunt Janet, not at that time, Janet said, I don't know what to do with a baby that I can't pick up and hold. And she and Jim are like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? So somehow she started stroking my back, and I guess I quieted down and fell asleep. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what, somehow we communicated. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but, it sounds like the others that they took it so literally don't pick you up meant no stroking, no, no, you know, I mean, golly. Well, no holding for. Yeah, but it's no still rocking, have to no pick holding. Up a baby. Transport nope. here or there, and and as, you know you can well, still touch. I suppose you had to, but yeah. as little as possible. I guess no holding. That was mm-hmm. the big thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. tra- what you had to do, you had to do. But the the head, they were so afraid of the head. The head, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was it in some kind of a collar? In some kind of a thing? Was I don't head- believe so. How did they? No, how, I don't believe. How did they get so. it down to a different size? Well, it eventually just shrank. It just had to okay. go down. At, at, I was nine. I was over a year old before before my head was normal. Okay. Wow. A lot of healing activity went on in those months to get it. it sure down. did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and again, I was only given a few details. Mm-hmm. And you still only ever got those a few details. You there's still a lot you don't know. A lot I don't know, and mm-hmm. I don't have any record of. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. And so, how was learning to walk? Because I remember you talking about balance issues. Well, I walked. I didn't walk until I was about, well, without holding on to anything. I didn't walk until I was about 18 months old. I always okay. held a hand. or. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess one day at the beach, uh, at an employee picnic that uh, from my, at my dad's, the company my dad worked for, I guess I was walking with a friend of his, and all of a sudden, I don't know, maybe I was a risk taker. All of a sudden, I just let go and started walking, and I guess everybody was cheering and clapping. Oh and, yeah! And um, that night, uh, mother called me to come and see her in her room. She was pregnant with my brother. And I guess I cut my eye oh, on a glass coffee table. No. So we got rid of all the coffee. I didn't have, we didn't have coffee <sighs> tables until I was a teenager. <laughs> I always remember Brian Charlson on Tuesday Topics saying that he thinks coffee tables are just horrible for blind people. And in a way, they are. In a way, they are. But, you know, uh, but years later, glass one. Oh. a glass one. 
And I guess uh, they couldn't stitch my eye because I was screaming. The doctor said, I don't want to touch her because I don't want the needle to slip. So I have a nice little scar, but but I have a nice little scar. Mother, of course, said that uh, they should have swatted me on the butt and maybe behave myself, but I don't care about a scar. What? Anyway, there came a time as I grew older that I guess I did start to take more risk. Oh, the first time the street my legs literally I it it was like I had steel bands in my legs because I'd heard all about the accident and all of the details of that I knew and I my legs just literally froze and I guess I just talked to myself and said I can't do this I must learn I must break through this fear you had to be and your own cheering section nobody really I, was telling you what you could do or for yourself nobody it doesn't sound like you had anybody in your corner who believed in you daddy but he had to be very quiet and gentle and tell me you know that that i could do well he had been in a farm accident when he was a child Hmm. and he had a partially paralyzed right arm so as he put it i knew i couldn't Uh, push a plow like the other boys Mm -hmm. so I had to find some other some other way of making a living and so he became a yeah well he went to what they used to call commercial college back then I guess you Mm -hmm. know you took business business school business college Mm -hmm. I guess a lot of those are done in community college nowadays but and he became a bookkeeper and eventually um uh went into his own business and he was pretty much a self-made man but he said i knew i couldn't do what the other guys did and when he went back to his 40th high school reunion i guess most everybody was still there doing the same thing the same way he said they're either they're either farming or working at the bank mm-hmm. and he came from a very small town and so he he said that you know you you know you can't let life beat you you know you just you can well, do this good. you can do what so you need he- to do so that's good because what he yeah. said stayed with you. And where is did is he still alive or no? no. He passed away in ninety. Oh, okay. I really still, you know, I miss my dad. I love my dad I'm very dearly. Sure. We were very well, very close. I'm really glad that you had him. Mm-hmm. I'm really really glad and those good messages. And mm-hmm. so, but he had, and you saw him have to do what he had to do to survive her. I mean, exactly. he, he had to sort of be quiet, and did he ever, like, tell her off, or? Uh, no. No. And his words to me near the divorce, when they were getting a divorce, I asked him once, I said, Daddy, why did you put up with so much of this? And I'll never remember, I'll never remember, I'll never forget, my blood nearly ran cold. He said, I was afraid if I ever lost my temper with it, I'd kill her. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So there was sure. a lot of... Yeah. That was the family tension. Every now and then he would uh, respond. If dad raised his voice, you know, he was a very gentle, quiet man. But if he raised his voice, you mm-hmm. you better knew there was a storm on the, on the horizon. Mm-hmm. And your brother, so I gather you were the older sister, but mm-hmm. you didn't really, doesn't sound like you got to be really the old. You weren't a leader. No, 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 no. no. Uh, he was, uh, some people called him my seeing-eye brother. Oh. He was very shy, very much in the shadows. 
uh, he was when he got old enough to drive he was kind of expected to to do you know drive me places and do things and and it just you know there was a lot of expected of him and he probably had a uh, at least some learning disability but again that tolerated by uh, mother. So you don't know if, I mean, if you made any inroads with him or how he felt about you or did you, you don't remember any heart to heart? Not really. Mm-hmm. I do remember him wanting me to help me with his, with him, with his homework, which was essentially uh, uh, dictating so he could write it down. Mm-hmm. No, he definitely had, but uh, we just weren't permitted to be kids. Mm-hmm. And it was a very difficult life for both of us. And when I left, he got the brunt of it, and he he tried his best to please. And um, Okay, so you did in the while he was still there. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And the pressure that was... What I decided to do was, to, by that time I was working for, for the government, <clears throat> and I decided to transfer uh-huh. from Florida to New York, New Jersey area. Mm-hmm. And uh, the transfer came through, and, uh, and you just I got went, a phone call one morning. You went without I them knowing? Fo- excuse okay. me? You went without, I mean. No, did, no, you- no. Oh, no, they knew. And okay. they were trying. Well, I got a phone call one morning. Or friend, and I knew my dad had been uh, seen by a heart doctor a time or two, and this friend told me about how, you know, what a big change it was going to be, and how you know your dad isn't too well, and so <clears> forth <throat> and so forth. And he went on, and I finally said, Jim, how bad is my dad? Well, he's all right now, but if he has to worry about you, I said, you stop it, you stop it right now. Mm-hmm. I said, I can be on a plane. If there's something happens to my father, I can be on a plane from New York in, in hours. But mm-hmm. if I have to live my life like this, waiting for this heart attack that may never come, mm-hmm. I mean, I will be a basket case. I said, right. that's enough. That's just enough. Okay. And, of course, this, this was... Uh, this was also her uh, great MO. She would get my friends. If she couldn't make any... Uh, Headway, she would uh, try to talk to my friends a bit, to try to talk to me. When I said I didn't want to continue in college, it was a phase, and I needed to be talked out of it. I mean, so everything... You, you stood up to her a lot, though, it sounds like. You told her. I had they, to. Well, it yeah, was but very I mean, subtle. Right, but I mean, you even let her know you wanted to transfer, or that you were planning oh, on dropping... definitely. Drop- okay. Definitely. Okay. And, well, I actually had my, had my uh, rehab counselor talk to her about leaving college, because I was so afraid of her. I didn't know the difference between respect and fear. Mm. That's interesting. Okay. So the counselor knew. Sounds like you let other people know outside that you were suffering. You were able to let... Oh, I, I did. Yeah. I did. And I remember as a teenager when we had... I was in total tears once because I didn't want to enter some debate contest or something that she was trying to push me into. I remember telling some of my friends I never want to be like my mother. Mm. So by the time I was ready to make a change, I knew I had to do it. 
And that meant that I also had to learn how to uh, take care of myself, how to take care of the house. When I left college and the deed was done, I had a uh, 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 ADL, whatever the, the uh, uh, techniques of daily living, whatever mm-hmm. it's called in the various area where you're living, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. come out and... Uh, teach me at my home and she said well we'll send you to Daytona Beach and you can live in an apartment and I said I don't care to go to Daytona again so I just told myself I am going to learn these things so well that there won't be anything they can teach me in an apartment in Daytona mm-hmm. and so I started cooking and I started cleaning and Good I started and dad really did stand behind me and he mm-hmm. said yes I'm gonna let you. I wanted to move out there was one point where I thought I was ready and it was an apartment building that had opened up next door. And my dad said, I don't know if you're ready to make that big a move yet. And what I don't want to see happen is that if you fail, I don't want you to be afraid to try again. So let's wait until you have a little bit. You've been doing a little more around here and you feel a little more comfortable. Then, of course, my job came through and then I moved into an apartment and then she had a key, and she would do things, call me up, call and say, I expect um, I'm bringing friends to your house for lunch. I expect them to be, uh, oh. your house to be clean and ready for company. And things like that. Uh, I decided I wanted to visit friends for Christmas this one year. This is before the transfer? This is before the transfer. I decided I want to go to Christmas to spend, uh, to another town to spend Christmas. And I was by this time 24 years old, 25 mm-hmm. years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, I walked into my house, and there's uh, an, an employee of my dad saying, I'm sorry, uh, your mom said to bring your Christmas gifts, and you don't want to go to Christmas, then, uh, you know, there's your stuff. So I said, I'm sorry to have to do this, but I'm going to take the key. Take what key? The key that she had had oh, and he given would- to him. You he was gonna, he was gonna drop my gift, Christmas gifts in my house. So there, you don't want to go uh, come to Christmas with us. Uh, you, uh, well, here's your gifts. Don't even. Okay. Uh, so who took yeah. the key? I took the key good. away from him. Okay, and good. I, and I said, I hate to do this to you, but I've got to take this key. And the poor guy, he didn't know what hit him. No, Mm-mm. he was just so, being a messenger. He was just being a messenger. Mm. And so once that happened, she couldn't get away with quite as much as she thought mm-hmm. she could good and then eventually i said okay i must leave i just must leave this good place if i am ever going to become my own person good for you and that's when i put the transfer in and that's when i got the phone call and i needed to stay in florida in case my father and i said mm-hmm. no we're yes. not doing so you this put a stop to that and well, then you left huh yep i don't recall this expression i don't recall this statement but my mobility was not the best, and someone asked me how I was going to deal with it, and I said, I got two feet and a mouth. <laughs> there you go. And a brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. of course, that meant I had to learn how to take over you know, everything, and I had to make arrangements mm-hmm. to, have, to pay my bills and just but do everything did. that one yeah. does, and I did. Mm-hmm. So that's, and then mm. years later, I um, I met Dave and moved out to California. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's good. Oh, boy. <laughs> I bet Dave, I bet Dave never liked your mom either. <laughs> I don't think he was very fond of her, but he was no. always polite. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. 
And he wow. didn't meet her until, you know, after my brother passed away. If he thought we were getting, getting into it, he'd say, okay, girls. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. And I know your mom passed uh, this past year? Yes. Okay. And your life, I mean, you already really had tackled a lot, which in some of those other things I want to go back to. But um, yeah. how, how do you think... Your life has changed since your mom died. Um, well, <laughs> I know I don't have to put up with her nonsense anymore. Mm-hmm. But now the sad thing is that I don't miss her. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am still working on the anger. Mm-hmm. And I, I suppose that's, that's going to be an ongoing journey. Mm-hmm. And it's very sad. The one I do miss is my Aunt Janet, the one I was talking about earlier. She did become a very trusted confidant, and uh, she was able to, how she did it, without taking sides, she could, um, she wasn't that close to my mother anyway, but she could say things without, you know, uh, she could try to stay as neutral as possible. In fact, I remember uh, I was in a pool uh, when we were in Virginia. I was visiting them. And there were two two young boys and they were just having this knockdown, drag out discussion. They must have been about 10. Mm-hmm. About how there's no way, said the one boy, that the 49 cent model airplane could be as good as the 98 cent model airplane. And the other one said, yes it is. And, and I said, oh, that life could be that simple. And Jenna said, but do you realize to them that is as serious mm-hmm. to them as everything you're going through right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, you're right, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, was she your mom's sister? No, she was my mom's sister-in-law, my mother's brother's wife. Oh, your mother's brother's wife, okay. Uh-huh. All of this gave you quite a bit of, I would say, like radar, where you learned early to notice what you, you know, if anyone was trying to sort of take away your freedom, you know. Yeah. And, and yeah. to stand up for yourself and to make a way for yourself. Yeah. And, and uh, I, yeah, and I've seen you work on this O&M stuff. And I remember in Vegas, that hotel was very confusing. And I remember you, you found your way. You know, I mean, I remember being confused and I have pretty good O&M and you found your way to my room. I did somehow, yes, and like you I, did. I guess I said I got two feet in my mouth. So That's if, I right. can, if I need to ask anybody, <laughs> uh, in fact, when we when we were in Pittsburgh, uh, I don't I don't I know if you went there, to Pittsburgh. No. Mm-hmm. That well, there were two different. Well, the, the the building under construction. This is where the convention was being held, where the mm-hmm. uh, uh, events were being held. And little did I, I had a terrible cold, and little. Little did I know it, but that's uh, about the time. Well, when I went home, they uh, they found the uh, beginning of type two diabetes, which thankfully has been very controlled only mm-hmm. by medication and a very very modest change in diet. Very okay. modest. I'm really in good shape. But good. I I was in this building and I didn't think there was anybody around, and so Dave was back at the hospi- hospitality uh, suite. This is. 
I forget. Yeah, I'd gone back to the convention building. For, oh, I wanted to see about getting my voice mate uh, repaired or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and he called. He called me, and I said, I was in tears. I'm lost, and I don't know where the hell I am. Aww. And this woman came up from behind me and said, Hi, uh, I'm Brian Charlson's secretary. Secretary, would you like to, <laughs> me to help you figure out where the hell you are? And I said, Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> and then I laughed and I got out and started to laugh and then everything was okay and she, she made sure I got across the street to world across the bridge that where I need there was some little bridge between the hotels. As soon as she said that I cried that I cracked up and then I was okay. But Aww, I, I didn't let it get me for long. That's nice. good. That's mm-hmm. good. Gosh, do you wanna talk about Julie? Oh wasn't, Julie wasn't was that another huge milestone yes when i found out i had diabetes i knew i needed to get into some kind of exercise and i have never been one for exercise um uh, my biggest exercise is in my rocker okay but uh, i had just never been one for that but i knew i had to do something and i wanted something low impact and so i was had heard about pilates and i decided to try and figure out what it was and uh, I had started one-on-one training, and Julie had been observing, and she was a trainee at the time. She was a uh, a trainer trainee, mm-hmm. and she eventually went on, and that's where she is now. She is now a, a li- licensed physical therapist. She now is a doctorate program and she's gone through that it sounds like you inspired her quite a bit actually maybe she learned in working with you really inspired her all she knew when she started when she first met me was i was doing all these exercises and following these instructions they had me on a um i forget what they called it but it was a board that that you could that was set to an incline board Mm, no, it's kind of a wobbly board hmm. that you could, and if you were standing, and it has TV screen in front of it, and if you were standing straight and you're looking at the screen, of course you could see that you were straight. And mm-hmm. she said, and when you got the thing level where it wouldn't move, that meant you were straight. And she said, that's all well and good. You're getting level, but you are not getting the feedback. No. So mm-hmm. when uh, I I took off for a while, and then when I took a a flying stumble over the cat and got a, a scar. This time, this eye was stitched. Uh, he was under my chair at the table where I was supposed to be, uh, where he was not supposed to be. Uh, he was getting the the, uh, the fan. And the next thing I know, I'm on all fours on my on my right side. Dad gave her the thud all the way in the other room. So I went, I said, maybe I need more balance training. So I went back and I decided to do Pilates again after all the the eye had healed. Mm -hmm. So Julie said, may I work with Pam? And then she was great. Mm -hmm. She would do things like with the two. I had a terrible time. My head was always bent way forward. Mm -hmm. And so she took a piece of material and... Uh, attached it to a mirror in the Pilates studio. One thing about you have to know about some of these exercise studios, especially like Pilates, Mm -hmm. 
there are mirrors all over the place, which does mm-hmm. me a whole act of a lot of good. Yes. But she took that mirror and she put a piece of heavy material on it so that when I, I have very good echolocation. So when I got too close, I would hear the sound of this material against the wall mm-hmm. and I would know that my head was going forward. Okay. And these things, she figured out a way to work with me mm-hmm. and she really and we discovered then I wanted to know why I fell I would walk every pothole every I would I would I would stumble and I would fall well we finally learned that I walked in totally flat-footed I never heard anything about heel toe I mean I went foot 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 mm-hmm. foot totally flat and it caused me to wobble and waddle and of course hit every pothole every mm-hmm. break in the sidewalk mm-hmm. and nobody could figure out how to you try to hold me and say straight 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 well i i i learned to call straight the eight letter s word oh go straight yourself you know yeah sure <laughs> i bet. Gonna hate that word yeah and uh but then uh, she worked with me, and I learned that my toes were not what I thought was straight wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I've heard other people say this too. Yeah. That and they learned so, the same thing. That what was well, straight they wasn't. learned that what they straight yeah what was mm-hmm. straight wasn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, uh, so I tried to point my toes. What I would call slightly pointed turns out to be straight. Mm-hmm. But she did help me with that, and she really did a lot with, with both of us. And then after Dave's stroke, she was absolutely, in fact, one of his first memories was, was Julie feeding me? I said, yes, she was. Aww. The next day, I <clears throat> called her on uh, Haytel mm-hmm. and the iPhone app and said, Julie, I'm not going to be able to make it tomorrow. We're in the house. We're at the hospital. Dave's had some kind of an emergency, and I just, I better cancel. Mm-hmm. Uh, tomorrow and she came she said I'm so sorry well the next day about noon in walks Julie by that time he had been admitted and in walks Julie and she fed him oh how sweet oh my oh, god oh yeah she was she oh, was oh my god Julie worked with you for how long oh golly oh. two three years mm-hmm. then her schedule just got too busy I knew it was going to happen so yeah. she she said I just can't and I said well, you know, we can we can sign off right now. And she said, I don't want to go at all. And she about burst into tears. Aww. I said, all right, how about the end of this month? Okay, so mm. we left it at that. Aww. And that was uh, over a year ago. And she graduated last May 19th. Mm-hmm. And it was really getting to the point where she said, you know, people are saying I'm getting cranky and yada, yada. And I said, no, I knew you were going to have to leave. I knew that yeah. was going to happen so later. And so I, uh, we went to her graduation, uh, little, had a little party at a mm-hmm. pizza place uh, mm-hmm. locally. Yeah. And so we went to that. And I've talked to her a time or two, but I hardly see her anymore. Mm-hmm. But she made a great, great uh, impact on my life. I know. I know. And, and I think that also carried you forward beyond any of the exact things that she was teaching you it helped oh, you definitely. in a, a lot of ways oh, yeah. yeah yeah and we could ask her things about oh what was it like things that we wouldn't dare ask most people mm-hmm. what is 
I mean, okay, you'll forgive me. Is a black person really black? What do they look like? Okay. And, and she would say, well, now, are, are you white? She's, she's Armenian. Well, I'm more of an olive skin. I mean, we could ask her yes, questions like that's that. that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So you knew then that there was a lot. Dave also wondered. Yeah. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Both of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now, when Dave had his stroke, that introduced another whole level of you stepping up to the plate. Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a great believer in humor. If I can't laugh, then you know. <laughs> well, yeah, you have a great you have a great sense of humor and a great way of <laughs> taking having a sense of command in your own life that actually mm-hmm. I didn't always see to the degree I see it now. Mm-hmm. So I felt when I was growing up, I felt actually I thought I was very delicate. Of course, right. that was to mother's advantage, mm-hmm. but. When that when I left, a lot of things, a lot of those, uh, well, what could definitely be cons- considered as negatives. And I'm not delicate. I can I can hold my own. Oh yeah. So when Dave had his stroke, you had to take over. Well, with, yeah. With his care as well, right? Yes, and the uh, when he was released from the. Uh, <laughs> Healthcare facility from the re- re- rehabilitation hospital. Mm-hmm. They insisted that someone be sent, someone be hired. And mm-hmm. if it had been me, I would have said, "No, we don't bring them on." Well, we'll have social services sent out to your home to investigate. No. Mm-hmm. And I, if it, of course, he had worked for them, and I think the humiliation would have just been oh, yeah. difficult. So, oh yeah. So, we hired this lady, and she had no more idea. I mean, she thought that she was supposed to keep us amused. Mm. She would pick up, uh, we got, we uh, remember, you know, as with our insurance, uh, and actually we are members of AARP, and so she picked up the uh, modern maturity and started reading to us about the stars oh, and the, the gossip. No, we don't need this. So, I called back after a week and said, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing that she can do that I can't do. In the meantime, she was not supposed to. I found out later. Um, She could not do a bed-to-chair or bed-to-toilet transfer. Mm -hmm. She wasn't supposed to touch him. She wasn't supposed to. And someone said to me, well, you know, let her cook a meal. And I said, yeah, let a, a sighted person who doesn't know my kitchen run loose and then let me have to figure out later. No, thanks. No, thanks. I thought right. I was supposed to be getting help here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dang good for you. Yeah. So we finally, we a very nice lady, but she didn't know. She, you know, mm-hmm. so we dismissed her. And then I thought, my God almighty, I now have to do all this myself. And you so, already okay, were. Pam. Yep. But she wasn't so, anyway, so you were doing those transfers, right? Well, that's it. That's it. And when he he was still at the and well when he was at the hospital, I uh told the um the people and I I I I stayed with him for the first 5 nights. There was an empty bed in his room. And the first week he was in the hospital, I was sleeping in the have what they call a sleeper chair, which is essentially a big recliner. Mm-hmm. 
And so, uh, in fact, I remember when we went into the, when we transferred to the uh, rehab hospital, they said, oh, we have an empty bed here. There's no, nobody scheduled for this room. I stayed with him for the first few nights. And there were a few times when I had to, I mean, they didn't tell him that his food was being restricted because they thought it was a heart. Mm-hmm. Turned out he had a hole in his heart, which was mm-hmm. most likely that, he, yeah, that he was never, he never knew. And mm-hmm. uh, that was repaired and he hasn't had any, any of these problems since. But they didn't say anything to him. He ordered burger and fries, and I said, you can't have it. And he was very unhappy, and I said, look, you're not giving us information. One day, I had me woke up, and he was ready for uh, to have the therapist come. And I went down the hall and said, what time is he due? Oh, no, he's not due for another three hours. I said, wait a minute. I need the information. I used to go down every night and say, what is schedule for mm-hmm. today? Right. And the, the little, they use some sort of stupid pointers, at, a little tacks. It pointed at a certain, uh, oh, well, the, the tack was pointing the wrong way. It's three hours later. And I said, wait a minute. This is how you tell things? I said, this doesn't work for me or us. Right. Good for you. So anyway, so one night I was thinking about this just the other day, just yesterday, when I started going home at night, and friends said, you know, you nearly need, you know, you're looking a little tired, you really need to be able to go home and, you know, talk to the cats, and, well, I'd go home and shower and then come back mm-hmm. uh, later. Yeah. Uh, but they said, you really need to start, start spending some more time for, by yourself, you need some me time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I know I do. So go, you know, about nine in the morning and then go back at, uh, and in many ways, the staff were very good. They didn't have visiting hours. I mean, they didn't, they didn't throw mm-hmm. me out at any time. Mm-hmm. I, hope, I think hospitals are getting away from that. Thank yeah. God. Yeah. But uh, I got home this one Thursday night and I realized the trash comes tomorrow and I have forgotten the how to work the combination i've forgotten which way the buttons on the lock are arranged so mm-hmm. i don't know which is one two three four five and which mm-hmm. is so i thought what am i going to do so i stood there and shed a couple tears and i thought okay girl so i had the the cordless in my hand the cordless phone and i mm-hmm. called up the non-emergency police department uh, uh number and i said this is not an emergency, but I need some help here. And I explained them. And they sent an officer over. Mm-hmm. And very nicely, this gentleman, uh, you know, the officer showed me which buttons were which. And mm-hmm. I opened the thing and I said, now, would you mind watching me do it before you leave? And so I haven't forgotten that arrangement since. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Very kind. Very kind. Yeah. Very kind. And you got what you needed. That's what I've got. I've got. To, I've got to do this. We got mm-hmm. to get the garbage, even though there probably wasn't that much because we were at home. <clears throat> Still, I felt like I'm responsible for getting this done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I just figured how I knew. Uh, well, when I moved into New York, the same thing happened. I uh, or in New Jersey, I had never had a gas stove, and we'd lost a friend in a horrid gas fire, mm-hmm. and I was terrified of gas, mm. and I was not under the auspices of any rehab agencies. So I called the gas company, mm-hmm. and I said, i got to admit, I've 
really frightened. So they sent a gentleman over from the gas company. Mm-hmm. And the first thing he said to me was, I told him what happened. He said, you are not going to die in a gas fire mm-hmm. because you are going to be careful. Mm-hmm. What had happened was my friend had turned the stove on, put the coffee on. The, the pilot hadn't lit and he came out and lit a cigarette. Oh, my God. And he oh. said, you are going to wait for the sound of the puff when the yeah. gas catches. Mm-hmm. You are not. And he showed me. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I remember my hands were shaking. Oh. And yeah. he said, you're not going to do this. Well, now, you know, for three and a half years, I lit a gas stove without mm-hmm. thinking about it. But yeah. I knew I had to, again, I knew I had to deal with this. I knew mm-hmm. I had to get over this fear. I mean, I couldn't find an apartment without a, ga- without a gas stove. I'm going to have to learn gas. And it had a pilot light. I'm going to have to learn this. Look at you. Mm-hmm. And and then I remember you being very awkward with the iPhone gestures. It seemed oh, like yeah. a huge struggle. And people, some of us trying to help you by phone. And, you know, and it was like hard to get somebody. And the next thing I knew, you were not only doing it, but a short time after that, you were changing the SIM card. So, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, there is no stopping you. Pardon me. I think the, the, the SIM card sometimes might have been easier than the gestures. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks it. to Kevin Chow. Really? He, uh, yeah, yes. he was the one. You and I think we talked. And, yes. He, I remember him he, spending time with you and time being with really me. good. And I know a lot of my friends don't change the SIM card. And I mean, that's certainly a preference, but I'm glad I know how to do it. Yep. Because I don't have to wait for a sighted person to come in and do A, B, C, D. And when we all need help, but I think some of us may not realize how much or how little help we need. Mm -hmm. How much at times and how little at times. That's really. At times. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's important. That sense of discernment in either end of that. And then you got a Mac. Yeah, I'm still learning that. Oh, me too. Uh, I'm still working on it. I saw it say, who says to me, uh, do you want to sell your Mac? The person who actually sold it to me, I go, nope, because I'm going to learn it someday. That's right. And now I kind of like having the best of both worlds. Oh, yeah. And you know what? So what if you know just some things on each? So what? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Good for you. My Windows computers, I let somebody, I thought knew what he was doing, and he didn't, and he managed to jumble entirely my, he just dumped, he just dumped from one computer to another, and we came up with an unholy mess, and I'm still, there's some programs that I still haven't been able to get working, and an unholy um, mess. (laughs) It was, believe me. (laughs) Yeah, I know, and that's the thing, sometimes if you get uh some help and it ends up putting you in more of a mess well then we yeah. you know i know yeah that can happen <laughs> mhm i think we all have to determine our level of uh desire for independence mm-hmm. and what does independence mean to one person we have a friend who she believes that she is quite independent We see that she has, well, as one of my friends so very uh, indelicately put it, hot and cold running sighted help. Mm. And she thinks she's independent. Well, that works for her. 
but it does. It wouldn't work for me. Mm-hmm. In fact, when uh, I was first <clears throat> diagnosed and I was concerned about how to uh, take care of my my needs, and fortunately, they've been very few, very few. I've uh, really, just, uh, I've been able to do it with uh, a medication, one medication twice a day, and I haven't had to skip. I mean, I still eat my starches. I still eat what I want, just mm-hmm. not as much. Yeah. And we caught it in time, which is probably. Uh, Physical. That's uh, mm-hmm. right after I came back from uh, Vegas yesterday. Mm-hmm. They would have probably called me borderline, but that mm-hmm. isn't. Uh, so I maintain. Mm-hmm. But uh, somebody said, "Do like she does," and I no, I don't want people parading in my house all day and night, right. and somebody doing A, somebody being doing B, somebody doing mm-hmm. C. And the sad right. thing is that this woman's primary help now has just become quite ill and may not be able to help her in the way and she, she says does, i'm yeah. scared and i bet she's scared for two reasons scared because she 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 just you know very close to this person but scared because she would never be able to help she would never be able to give him the help she needs because she mm-hmm. can't he can't eat because she can't help herself well in the so thing- she's double scared yeah and the thing that i think is so important there is that each one decide each one has to has to make those decisions and it's not one size fits all no i i can't tell anybody they're wrong because all i can say is that it wouldn't work for me there you go and that's Mm -hmm. great it's and it's especially good to know because there are a lot of people that don't even ask the question no they just don't they don't even ask we had a friend who had uh, people use it back in New York. She needs to leave home. She needs to leave home. She needs to leave home. She's still with her parents. And she and Dave and I had dinner one night, and she said, what they don't know is that my mother has SAD, seasonal affective disorder, mm-hmm. and my father has a severe heart condition. I'm mm-hmm. taking care of them, but all Thank they can you. see is that I'm still living at home. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, then, and they both yeah. passed away, and now she has her own apartment. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes people really, they think that everything is how it seems on the surface, and there's a mm-hmm. lot they don't know. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to give any contact information? I know you're on Twitter. Uh, is there anything you want people to know who might want to reach you if they don't already know? Oh, sure. Uh, my name is, well, Pam Drake. And my email is Pam Drake at, and this is our domain, so Drakelroy, D R A K E L R O Y dot com. Drakelroy. It's a combination of our it. two last names. Yep. That is so cute. Yeah, we were changing ISP so often, we decided to get our own domain and be done with it so we wouldn't have to notify everybody every time we changed mail. I bet <laughs> nobody's else. tried to steal it. No, they haven't. No. We still get the spam, though. Oh, yeah. I know spam that. Spam it, I should say. We still get the spam. <laughs> oh, spam it all. <laughs> we still get the damn spam it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's your email. So that is great. And let me see. Yeah, at, at Pam Drake is my Twitter. Okay. okay. And Pam Drake, I'm not on Facebook a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I sort of come and go with them on Skype so seldom. Mm-hmm. But yeah, K A 2 R Q K, which is my ham, which my uh, 
radio handle, K-A-2-R-Q-K. Oh, gosh, you and Larry. Uh, you know, I it took me <laughs> so long to learn his ham, and, I, and that's his email, and, every, and that's his Twitter. I'm like, what? Why would you do that? People aren't going to know that, but oh well. Uh, that guess what? is the mark of a ham. That is. You can mention a person, and they'll say, oh, W-A-6-B-E-F. I know him. And I can't <laughs> think of his name, but... <laughs> Oh, no, that is, that's a true ham, Deb. That's yep. all that is. That's it. Well, I thank you very much for doing this with me. I well, think, I thank you for asking me. Well, I think it's really, it's a very incredible story. And I am, I am so proud of all that you do and have learned and have overcome. I really, I, I am. I have been for years. Well, thank you. And... Don't let anybody tell you, just do it. Just get out there and do it. You've yeah. got to know that you want, A, that you want to, B, that you can, if you choose, and C, how do I, what do I need to take those little baby steps to make it happen? Yeah, because I know you've done it. Also, you had a you had a knee replacement a while back, too, yeah, right? Yeah, last year. Yeah. Last year, uh, well, it was a year ago now, and that's done very, very well. A uh, rotator cuff uh, surgery last March, about almost wow. a year now. Yeah, right after the knee, we did the, the doctor said, let's do one thing at a time, shall we? So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I bet Julie's proud of you, too. Because, I think, yes. You know, you really, you took everything that you learned in any one area and applied it to others and wow yeah. i'll do my best that's all i can uh, well, say but and i can't tell you why i can't tell you what made me uh cast off all this stuff and why my brother embraced it and it eventually took its final toll i can't tell you mm-hmm. why uh you know i took things better than my than uh my my brother did well i you know my sister and i are very different and blindness i think in some ways blindness gives us a a grab bar (laughs) where somebody who somebody who doesn't have that doesn't know kind of what to reach for or how to i mean i don't know i just think in some ways, you know, it might seem like it's worse for us than for somebody else. But in some ways, I think, you know, it it uh, gives us things that maybe they don't maybe always get. It did, and I think it was worse for my brother because he lacked, for a lot of reasons, he lacked mm-hmm. the self-confidence. And he spent his whole life trying to... Yeah trying to please, in fact, the, dog, the attorney that, uh, uh, my dad's attorney, mm-hmm. who'd been there with me, he said he, he apologized, my brother apologized to mother in the note. Mm-hmm. And he said they usually apologize, he had had a stepson who had uh, done the same thing, they usually apologize to the person that they feel really was resp- hurt them mm-hmm. the most. Yeah, yeah, right. And why he couldn't walk away from it, but he had the heart. He had he had the 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 brunt, and he wasn't able to. But one day he said to me, uh, "You're not the sweet little sister you used to be." I said, "That's before I stopped letting you and mother walk all over me." Oh, so he did that too. Well, that was his survival. Oh, yes, that was oh, his of survival. Course it was. Yeah, of course it was. There were times yeah. when he treated me like 
I could have done that in five minutes, or I could have... And there were times when I would go into the bathroom and get physically ill. Mm-hmm. The way he and I realized later on, in fact, I went through a period of feeling sorry for him and feeling, why should I feel sorry for him? He treated me like apcray, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've had to deal with my feelings about both of them. Sure. Yeah. Sure. It's understandable. Wow. And suicide. You don't get over it. You learn to get through it. You learn to work around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To this exactly. day, not oh, so yeah. much now, but for the first few years, I'd think, poor Tommy, and then I'd have to just kind of sit there and take a few deep breaths and go, okay, this, mm-hmm. a wave of this, this will go, but uh, it's much, you know, you somebody tells you to get over it, you learn, you learn to deal with it, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And who was in your mom's life when she died? Somebody else was there with you. My cousin. Okay. My cousin Sue. Right. Who was the daughter of my Aunt Janet and Uncle Jim. Now, they're what a family, what I always thought a family should be, so to speak. And no, but she was, thank God for... for, She knew what you were going through, right? uh, I don't think she knew completely Mm -hmm. until later. In fact, she called me a couple times and I said, Sue... If you need to walk away, you walk away. Um, mm-hmm. She has, fortunately, she has the resources. <clears throat> I can just, you know, contact mm-hmm. attorneys. I could because the paperwork would have been what I could not mm-hmm. really easily deal with or right. effectively, and especially yes. being miles away and the fact that she and I really couldn't talk mm-hmm. anymore. We got to where it was hard to be in the same room for more than a few hours. Ah, uh, with Sue? There was just, with Mother. Oh, There was yeah. just no reconciliation no. at Mm-mm. all. So, so I told Sue, you know, she's your aunt, not your mother. You don't have to do this. Mm-hmm. But Sue, and she was a very, she is a very deeply religious mm-hmm. person, Catholic. And she says, I just say, Lord, help me. And, and, and he does. So that's how she dealt with it. Mm-hmm. And so, no, I am so glad. If anything, one, the, 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 the primary benefit, it brought my cousins and I a lot closer together. We were all lived in different parts of the country. We really didn't have a lot of family ties. Mm-hmm. And so, in fact, Sue and I and her sister Kathy, you know, it's nice to be, to be talking. It's nice to be back together. Despite the circumstances, because now we don't mention the circumstances. We don't have to. So it has brought us together, which is really nice. Well, that's good. That's good. And we're going to go see them in Florida in a few months, probably. And she just, uh, Sue's daughter just had a little girl. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we're going to go see her. And uh, Kathy, we're going to maybe go to Virginia, see her, and then go down to Florida. So we're in touch now. Well, good. Pam continues to live a very exuberant and resilient life, and I'm really proud of her and both she and Dave, and I thank you, Pam, for being here, my guest, and I thank you all for listening, and I'll see you next time as we travel together on the Inside Track. Do you know just what to do?